Our Holy Gospel today is from the 6th chapter of John, beginning at verse 51. Glory to you, O Lord. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves, How can this man give of his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as a As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me now as we gather together for this time of meditation. And please pray with me, either silently or aloud, the Holy Spirit prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, who instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit, we may be made truly wise, and ever rejoice in his consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I think today is a good day to speak of the promises of Jesus in and through the sacrament of Holy Communion. I don't recall ever giving any kind of a sermon here on communion. Maybe I have, but, uh, you know, things escape me. So whether I have or whether I haven't, um, I thought today would be a nice little refresher. Maybe we could call this a catechism instruction class today. (laughs) I can remember uh, as a young person going through confirmation instruction. It was probably one of the most dreaded times of my life. I suppose in a certain sense I just sort of tolerated confirmation, as probably most of us did. I don't know how many. Anybody here want to admit that they really loved confirmation? They Come on, raise your hands boldly. We just love confirmation. All right. Maybe you all know what you're, maybe you can all relate to me. You know, we have, we have tried to make confirmation a bit more engaging these days and a little bit more participatory and um, active activities uh, that kind of keep uh, the young people more engaged. But again, it's, it's still kind of one of those ongoing struggles of how do you teach some of the traditions and some of the practices of our faith uh, life together. One of them being the celebration of the sacraments. As most of you know, or if not all of you know, as Lutherans, we celebrate two sacraments, Holy Baptism and Holy Communion. So this first part, I think, is going to be pretty uh, standard for you because you have heard me say these things before. 
Sacraments are something that Jesus instituted. It's one of the reasons why we call them sacraments is because it's something that Jesus told us to do. It's a, it's a command that Jesus gave to us to do these things. As, and most of us know that uh, uh, at, at the end of the uh, Gospel of Matthew, it's very clear that Jesus says, Go therefore into all the world and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that we teach is that yet in baptism, in holy baptism, Jesus makes a promise with us. He sets a covenant relationship with us. And we are marked with the cross of Christ forever. And we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And oftentimes when we uh, baptize a person, we will take some oil and we will anoint their forehead with oil and make the sign of the cross on their forehead and that's why we have an open baptismal font back there with water in it because again as we enter into the sanctuary one of the things that we continue to do is you can simply dip your finger into there and make the sign of the cross on your forehead and again remind yourself that you are a baptized child of God it's part of that ongoing relationship that we have with Jesus baptism is a gift of God and we are assured through this covenant relationship that Jesus will always be with us. Baptism is an invitation and a gift to be in a lifelong, eternal relationship with Christ our Lord. That's baptism in a nutshell. Now we could talk more about that, but I want to center today especially on the sacrament of Holy Communion. In the sacrament of Holy Communion, Jesus once again makes it very clear that he makes promises to us. In our passage from John today, John, Jesus is quite clear about what these promises are. As Lutheran Christians, we teach and we believe that Christ is present with all of these, with all of these uh, adjective words, is, is it, oh, prepositions, prepositions. Yes, that's what it is. Got to get my English right. All those really super important words that we use to describe this relationship that we have as we come and receive that Jesus, we teach that Jesus is in, with, under and through these earthly elements of bread and wine. That Christ is present in the eating and in the drinking of these earthly elements. Why? Because Jesus instituted this promise with his disciples. As we know, as we hear those words that Jesus spoke to them on that last night before he was arrested. He said it would be so. And he, and he told them to do this in remembrance of him. Jesus has provided us with a tangible way to receive him. He's taken the simple elements of bread and wine as a way for us to remember how God chose to save the world. When we hear the words, and these will be words that you will hear later on today as we celebrate communion, when you hear the words, this is my body and this is my blood, we are remembering that it was by Jesus' body being broken and by his blood being poured out that God chose to save the world through Jesus' death on the cross. As Reverend Dan Erlander wrote in his booklet, Baptized We Live, he says, by eating and drinking, we participate in this saving event. 
Today is a good day to speak of the promises of Jesus in and through the sacrament of Holy Communion. As we receive these tangible means of God's grace for us in these earthly, ordinary elements of bread and wine, we believe that God is in this meal, that Jesus, Jesus is clear what the promises are for us. And he speaks of those promises today in our sixth chapter of John. He says, in through the presence of this meal, we have eternal life. That we are promised eternal life. And that we are promised that we will be raised up with Jesus in the same resurrection promise that Jesus has in his life. By receiving him in this meal, Christ promises that he will abide in us and that we in turn will abide in in him and when we receive christ in this meal we live because of christ our lives are centered in jesus christ these are the promises eternal life being raised up with him christ living and abiding in us and we living and abiding in him and having an abundant life because of christ one of the things that we do not emphasize enough and I'm, I, I know that I have been remiss in not saying this often enough, but one of the things that we do not emphasize enough is the spirit in which we come to Jesus' table. We believe that this, this is the, the, the altar area. This is where we, we in, say the words of Jesus, and this, this is Jesus' table. It's oftentimes referred to that. And one of the words that we use for Holy Communion is the word Eucharist. It's not a word that I've thrown out very often, but I think it's one that I probably should. And maybe it's perhaps something that we should have in our bulletin from now on, rather than having it say whatever it says there as far as, you know, the rite of Holy Communion. Maybe it should say the rite of Eucharist. Reverend Dan Erlander, again in his little booklet called Baptized We Live, he notes that Lutherans oftentimes look sad at Holy Communion because they were taught that the primary focus of the meal is our sinfulness. I do recall many, many times in my own life, especially as a younger person, and of course I've said this before to you, that Pastor Otto E. Dorsch, stood up in front of our congregation, up in the pulpit that seemed like it was a mile high, and he would look down upon us. And of course, he would give you that three-point sermon. You're bad, you're bad, you're bad. Oh, but Jesus loves you. No wonder we came to that altar with such a sense of feeling sinful and undeserving of this precious sacrament. Because we'd been We've been bombarded by this message all of our lives that you are bad, you're bad, you're bad. You don't, you don't quite have what it takes to be right with Jesus. And I felt that way a lot in my life. But the word Eucharist, and I really do want to try and emphasize that more, Eucharist means thanksgiving. It's a Greek word. And we oftentimes forget that one of the very first things that we do at the beginning of our worship service is that we confess our brokenness and our sinfulness at the beginning of our service, and then we hear these, these words of absolution, these words that will sound oh so familiar to you. We are justified by grace through faith, and in the mercy of Almighty God, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. 
That's an absolution statement. That, that's a way for us to then enter into the rest of our time of worship together so that we can be here in a spirit of true worship and thankfulness. That's what Eucharist means, to be thankful. As we come to Jesus' table, we gather to eat and we drink in a spirit of thanksgiving. Have we thought about that recently? Have you? Again, I haven't emphasized that much, but as you come forward today now to receive communion, think a little bit more about this whole idea of coming up here in a spirit of thanksgiving. And rightly so, because Eucharist and Holy Communion are promises from God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, those promises, as I mentioned before, are this. How can we not come with a spirit of thanksgiving when these promises to us are eternal life, being raised up with Him, Christ living and abiding in us, and we living and abiding in Him, and having an abundant life because of that relationship that we have with Jesus? How can we not come to this celebration of Holy Eucharist without a spirit of thanksgiving. All of this is done in faith and trust. It's part of the mystery of faith. It's part of the mystery of believing. Again, Reverend Dan Erlander, again in his booklet, he says that we eat and we drink believing, and then believing, we see. If God is in this meal, then God is in all of life. We go forth from this Eucharist celebration and we celebrate God in flesh, God involved, God with us, God in creation, God in all, God with all, and God through all. All those good Lutheran words again, in, with, through, and under. That Jesus is everywhere around us. Holy Communion and Eucharist are filled with promise. It's a promise that God, it's a promise from God through Christ our Lord. It is received by faith, it is received by trust, and it is received with thanksgiving for the saving grace poured out upon us through Christ's body broken and poured out for the sake of the world. I use that word mystery just a few moments ago. And you know, it's not so much something that we completely understand or comprehend. Rather, it's something that we are simply invited to come and to eat and take his presence into ourselves. To eat with faith. To eat embracing the mystery of God's love through Jesus. A few weeks ago, I quoted the Apostle Paul from the third chapter of Ephesians where he spoke of the boundless riches of Christ. Christ's love for us is boundless, he wrote. In many respects, as we think about Christ's love and God's love for us, it is absolutely incomprehensible. May this be an opportunity for us as we come now to commune. May this be an opportunity for us to look with fresh eyes, with an open heart, and with a fresh faith. May this be an opportunity for us to receive the presence of Christ with a heart of gratitude, with a heart of thanksgiving, a Eucharistic heart. 
for the promises that are ours because of Jesus' invitation to receive him, to eat and drink believing, and in so doing, be the recipients of eternal life, of being raised with him, having Christ living and abiding in us, and we living and abiding in him, and having an abundant life because of Christ's great love for us. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.